Magna Carta Bill of Rights The Constitution, what's it worth? Yes, indeed. Magna Carta, Bill of Rights, and what is the very first amendment in the Bill of Rights? That is why you are tuned in to Stand and Deliver Citizens for Free Speech, our official podcast. We defend the Bill of Rights. We defend the First Amendment. Thank you for joining us for the newest episode. I'm Bob France, National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech, joined by... I'm Patrick Wood, director and founder originally in 2018. Oh, what a difference a few year makes, Bob. It's like, who knew? Who knew back in 2018 we'd be where we are today? Who knew at the beginning of 2022? Yeah. That we'd be where we are right now at the beginning of 2023. Yeah, you're you're still right about that. I mean, this is our last podcast of 2022. Uh, We're going to use it to kind of analyze exactly what you just said. Who knew at the start of this calendar year, we'd be where we are at the end of this calendar year. So much has transpired. We, We decided. We decided for this episode to all of our faithful uh, viewers and listeners of this podcast to do kind of a 2022 retrospective, a a look back at the year that was in terms of the First Amendment, in terms of the ongoing assault on our First Amendment rights and our freedom of speech and religion and so forth, and what has been done to protect it, because there have been some good and some bad. But Patrick, um, you know, we don't have to go through all of the minutiae because there is one overwhelming large, extraordinary story and development in free speech that has dominated 2022 by coming in really at the end of it, in the last couple of months of it. Why don't you tell everybody what that is? That's that's exactly right. This was the year that everything changed. I know that sounds a little melodramatic, but really, this is the year that everything changed for free speech. And the reason I say that, if anybody listening to this today, think back to January 1, 2022. We had all of the censorship going on still and the arguments going on with Facebook and Twitter, Google, and other people that were getting censored to death. And everybody was talking about, you know, that is all the media and uh, social media company, you know, companies too. They said, well, we're private companies and we're not regulated by the first amendment, we can do what we want to do. And everybody was getting, they're stumbling over that. Say, well, I I get the point, but no, you you know, you're saying doing things that just isn't isn't right. So, and along the way, this was a process, but along the way it's been exposed now that the primary instigator of all the propaganda that's been thrown against us and against the wall that has so screwed up our country was at the hands of our own government. This is inconceivable. What has been discovered, the collusion between the FBI, the CIA, the White House, Department of Justice, you name it, and these social media companies to censor specifically, to censor free speech. And I know somebody's thinking right now, well, what free speech is that? Well, listen. We don't need to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop here. I don't want to get into that's a political hot potato right now. It's going to get settled, I think, maybe when the new Congress uh, takes their seats. But for all of the COVID stuff, all of the COVID propaganda that we have been railing against for the last two years, actually since the beginning of 2020, 
all of this came to social media as a result of pushing by our government. Collusion, literally, literal collusion between our government and these big social media giants. And now that it's all out, you know, they're saying, well, ho-hum, what else is new? Of course we did that. <laughs> but the American people ought to be outraged, Bob. They ought to just be absolutely freaked out that our own government has turned out to be the perpetrator of the propaganda in the first place. Well, Patrick, I'll tell you what. Um, freaked out, yeah. Um, angry, yeah. But anybody who's surprised hasn't been paying attention. Yeah. Anybody who's surprised hasn't watched or listened to Stand and Deliver all year long. They haven't been checking in with us at our advocacy center yes. at citizensforfreespeech.org. They're not watching and listening to radio programs like mine. Uh, because if you were, you would not be surprised by any of these things. Um, I want to say this. <clears throat> I do want to mention Hunter Biden's laptop because it's not just Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah. It's a laptop of the president of the United States. And yeah, right. it was relevant mm. in 2022. It was relevant in 2021. It was relevant right before the election in 2020. And it was presented by a media company called the New York Post. And the New York Post wanted to share this very relevant information with America. And they wanted to use one of the most popular and widely circulated social media platforms in America to do it. And that was Twitter. And they wanted to do it on Facebook too. Facebook refused to allow it to be shared. Twitter not only wouldn't allow them to post it and share it, they deleted the New York Post's account. Now, why does that matter? It matters because if they were taking their marching orders from the government, as you just pointed out, we now know because of the Twitter files that have been dropped, <laughs> then the government has directly violated amendment number one by suppressing the freedom of the press. The New York Post is a press outlet and they were not allowed to share information that they were reporting on with the people. <laughs> That ought to outrage anybody and everybody as much as anything else that we have found from yep. the Twitter files, which <clears throat> brings me back to bigger picture. Now, when we talk about, you know, stuff we couldn't have predicted at the beginning of this calendar year to what we now know, and that is through the Twitter files, the number one story of 2022 when it comes to free speech is the purchase of Twitter by Elon Musk, mm. because it is only that man's vision and plan to, to, bring transparency to that which was cloaked, um, that we know this. He bought it for $54 billion of his own dollars. Amazing to believe somebody can afford to do that and not bat an eye, but he could. He did. Or, I'm sorry, $44 billion. I always do make, make that mistake. It was $54 a share. $44 billion is what he paid for it. And he immediately did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. He restored accounts that had been banned. He has declared that Twitter shall be a free science zone that that people who want to challenge the opinions of some scientists in in terms of covid Patrick which you talked about right. will not be censored or silenced because that's not what science is so science is going to be encouraged rather than censorship <clears throat> and most importantly as you just pointed out then the first thing Elon Musk did is he started a slow drip Twitter files drop number 1 few days later, number two, and I think we're up to around eight or nine now. And amidst all of these, you know, this information that has been, that has been brought forth mm -hmm. from the Twitter files, which is behind the scenes communiques between Twitter executives who were conspiring 
with the government you just talked about to censor individuals and deny the American people the right to hear everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once, once he released that Mm -hmm. um, it was over. Uh, The cat is out of the bag. And now everybody knows that the federal government has been working and conspiring and colluding to silence the American people. And just as importantly, to make them deaf. You, you, you talk about this all the time, Patrick, Mm -hmm. That freedom of speech means freedom to speak and freedom to receive, freedom to decide what one hears and what one is able to say. And Twitter was, by way of the federal government, Twitter and Facebook, were deciding that for the people. This is who can speak and this is who can be heard. And that is, is, again, that's putting the First Amendment, that's putting the Bill of Rights through a paper shredder. Boy, it sure is. And there's another aspect to this that hasn't really been investigated yet. I know it's going to in time, but this is kind of more recent, uh, you know, revelation. And that is that Twitter had a propensity to hire ex CIA and ex FBI employees. (laughs) Now Twitter is a software company. It's a very complex system that they run. They have you know, huge server farms that, you know, that maintain all the data and the flow and everything. This, this is not like, you know, making Tesla cars or something, you know, you know, at a factory, this is all software stuff, software engineers, computer scientists and stuff like that. Why on earth would Twitter have opened the door, even if it's a revolving door to ex-members of the CIA and the FBI. And they've discovered dozens and dozens and dozens of people in that category. I think Musk has fired a bunch of them already. Yeah. Maybe not all of them. I mean, who knows, but it'd be easy for him to figure out, well, what, let me see all the resumes and figure out who's doing what. Well, it it would be smart to keep some of them around and kind of flip them and say, I'm going to keep you on, but I need to know why you're here and why exactly. all of them are here. Yes. What were jobs were you doing for yes. the last CEO yeah. and, and leaders yeah. and so on and so forth so that we can get to the bottom of, you know, obviously how to stop that. Bottom line in any case is that Twitter especially has been completely infiltrated by the government <clears throat> on two different levels. One is through former employees going over there and two is just by direct interaction and there's already some evidence, I think, in the in the in the, the tweet drops that have been taking place, that when the communication took place between, for instance, the FBI and Twitter, that those former FBI employees working at uh, at Twitter would have been the perfect people to correspond with. And my guess is it's going to come out that yeah, in those emails, yep, there's that guy's return address, there's that guy's return yep. address, whatever, and that's how they did it. But the level, the depth, the depth of corruption here is just inconceivable. It's unprecedented for sure, but it's almost just inconceivable, Bob, that this could happen in this day right under our noses and accept that Elon Musk purchased. And I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk anyway, don't get me wrong, but the fact that he purchased the company, let all the cats out of the bag. And now it's out of the bag and you can't put it well, back. You well, can't you know see it at this point. Well, no, you better not. Cause if yes. you, I don't want to unsee it. I want to see it. 
And I want to see it again and again and again and again until there is accountability for it to make sure yes. that it is never something uh, that happens and can be seen again. Um, you know, as for Elon Musk, um, Pat, I, 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 who did Time Magazine pick? Did they pick, yeah. did they pick Zelensky as their man of the year? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Elon Musk is the man of the year nationally and internationally. And you don't have to like him because of his transhumanism right. Uh, right. aspects and some of the work that he's doing that I think yeah. is very, very dangerous. And I don't yeah. know anybody in America yeah. who knows more about technocracy and transhumanism than you. And it's something you cover in your book. You know, you talk about the, you know, the twin evils of, 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 uh, of technocracy yeah. and transhumanism. So I get why you don't like him. Yeah. But aside from that, Patrick, this man may oh. have just saved the First Amendment as we know it, mm -hmm. because he spilled all of the beans yes. with the Twitter files. Now, yes. I don't I don't know if he's going to do all of the right things going forward. Um, but the one thing he did was expose the government's complicity to affect and to 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 alter, to present, to suppress information to the American mm -hmm. people that they are not supposed to do. Right. He he exploited or not exploited. He exposed that, and nobody's mm -hmm. ever done it before. Yes. And if we are to recover some of our rights, and there are, we are now. Like I said, Patrick, mm -hmm. almost every scientist that signed the Great Barrington Declaration, which was, you know, of course, uh, you know, the anti lockdown lockdown argument and anti forced masking and anti forced and mandated vaccinations and so forth that were put forth by some of the foremost epidemiologists and 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 scientists and experts in the field of infectious diseases in the world both here and in Europe were censored were 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 canceled by Twitter, mm -hmm. they weren't allowed mm -hmm. to be heard. And that was directly because of what the government told them to do. Because guess what? Dr. Fauci, Dr. Uh, 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 Redfield, uh, uh, none of none of the doctors and the CDC leaders at the federal government want to be contradicted by somebody who might be actually more renowned in their field than they are. And they didn't want people being hesitant to go and take this experimental jab, which is an experiment on the population. And I'm sorry, I'll never see it otherwise. They didn't want anybody getting in the way of that. So they shut them up. Yes. Um, Elon Musk just exposed that. Elon yes. Musk is a free speech champion. I don't care what he yes. does the rest of his life. I yes. care. But yeah. but but this is this is beyond heroic because now yes. we see, like you said, that it wasn't a private yeah. company. It was the federal government uh, steering and and holding the reins or the puppet strings or whatever you want to call it of that company. Right, right. There's one thing about Musk we know, looking at his whole career, I studied it. He is a disruptor. Oh, yeah. That If there's one word that should describe Elon Musk is disruptor. He disrupted uh, the, the entire payments industry with PayPal originally. He disrupted the uh, the auto industry with Tesla. Mm -hmm. He's disrupted other industries like, um, for instance, space, expo space exploration, space exploration, a total disruptor. And it's right in character with him, with his relationship with Twitter right now to again, be a disruptor of the status quo that might feed, that might be what's feeding him. I don't know. And I really don't care. I mean, what he's, he's done us a service to bring this stuff out. But there's, there's also another aspect to this that's interesting also. You remember when he first bought or said he's going to buy uh, Twitter, 
there was a big discussion about bots, so-called BOTS. That, that's like robot programs. They're not real people, but they mimic an account. What they give they give the person a real name, like you know, Bill Jones or something, and a picture, and he looks real to anybody browsing through the stack. Mm -hmm. But they're all programmatic, and uh, they're in other words, an algorithm is running these bots, and they have no person attached to them. And he he made a big deal of this, saying, you know. 30 or 40 percent of Twitter's traffic is bots, and I'm not going to pay for bots. That's you know, why the deal almost went south. That's why he pulled out his, he pulled That's his right. offer. Right. That's right. Well, let me tell you what those bots were doing. <clears throat> every time somebody was singled out, like the people at the Great Barrington Declaration, every time somebody was singled out to be beat up on Twitter because they presented an alternative view, some human did it first, but then along come the bots. The whole army of bots come along and crush that person on social media. We saw this happen again and again and again. People's careers were destroyed, Bob, because of this. Because they were accused spuriously of all kinds of things because they disagreed with the, you know, with the government position or with the, you know, big pharma position or whatever. And <clears throat> once these bots kicked in, there was no stopping them. They just went wild. You couldn't shut them up because, you know, you could you, you reply to them. It just gives them reason to put five more posts right back in your face when using artificial intelligence, which they usually did. So we kind of got three different levels here. We got the direct the direct involvement with a government and Twitter, and that's Facebook too, too for that matter. But then you've got the secondary thing with all those employees, ex-employees coming over from the intelligence community. Then you have this whole bot network that was set up by the people inside Twitter to do the damage on people, to do the damage on them. It's not, in other words, don't just call them a name and say, you know, or just ban them, but crush them and make total fought cannon fodder out of them. So nobody will ever touch them again. People lost their jobs. They lost their careers. Um, medical, I'm talking medical professionals, doctors, scientists, university scientists lost everything mm -hmm. because they got crushed by Twitter and Facebook alike. Well, no, you're, you're hundred percent right. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that's moderately out of character here. I, I, I think doing talk radio for 25 years has made me something of a cynic by nature, by nature, but by, by observation and by experience, I guess it's not really natural. I think naturally I'm more of an optimist than I am a cynic, but, but I've been become very, very cynical. And I'm going to go against that by saying, I believe Elon Musk, when he made a statement, he's made it a few different times and in a few different ways. He said, I bought Twitter to essentially save the world. That's a paraphrase of course. He didn't say yes. save the world, yes. but he did say, because I knew where this was going. If, if, if I didn't, um, somebody needed to restore free speech, free exchange of ideas, free dialogue, and so on and so forth. I had the ability to do it and I did it because I want to help humanity. Yes. I think Elon Musk is, um, trying to help humanity through his AI ventures. I mm -hmm. don't think he's just trying to add stacks and pallets of cash to his already billion dollars, billions uh, mm -hmm. of dollars fortune by trying to do brain implants and chips and, and things like that. I, I think he thinks it's, it'll help humanity. It'll help humanity 
almost achieve immortality to the degree that it can through the kind of the bionic types of, you know, melding of, of, of AI and human brain. Right. Um, I think he really thinks he's helping. And Mm -hmm. in my opinion, he's wrong on the AI front because I think it's so dangerous. And you, again, you know more about that than anybody, but I think it's true. And I think he really believes he's helping. I think he bought this, this platform. And, and by the way, to, to kind of show his brilliance about the bots, Mm -hmm. He, he really did something amazing a, a couple of weeks, you know, with a couple of weeks before Christmas, he ran a Twitter poll and he used been using Twitter polls literally to decide very important events. He used a Twitter poll that got some 17 million votes as to whether or not Donald Trump should be allowed to be, you know, come back to Twitter after he was booted under the last leadership. Right. And then he said, you know, I will do what the people say. So he ran a Twitter poll a couple of weeks before Christmas that said, do you want me to step down as the head of Twitter? <clears throat> was like, oh, people freaked out. Oh, my God. I was one of them. I freaked out. You can't do that. You can't let them drive you out. And sure enough, you know, the leftists came in and voted him out and said, yeah. And you said you would follow through with the will of the people and leave. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he kind of about halfway through the, the 24 hours that the poll was up, he put a little cryptic tweet there that said, be careful what you wish for. You might just get it because he didn't say he was going to sell Twitter. Yeah, yeah. He said he was going to stop running Twitter, which means yeah. he can appoint anybody as the owner yeah. to run it who might run it better or more uh, frustratingly, if you will, to the political left that hates him so much. It might be even worse. But what he really did there, Patrick, was because he he flushed out the bots. Mm-hmm. So many of those millions upon millions of votes were from bot accounts that yes, he was were. then able to determine and find <laughs> and, of course, then crush, you know, and, and, and delete their accounts. So right. I think the guy's trying to help. And I yep. think we need probably to support mm-hmm. him as citizens for free speech as an organization, are there other groups out there like this too in this effort, maybe not in all of his endeavors, but in this effort, because I think really exposing the corruption of the federal government at the level of, uh, of, of silencing Americans, uh, taking away their first amendment rights. I don't know if there's anything more important that somebody can do. Yes. I I think, yeah, he's, he's done it. He has done a great service to all of us by exposing us. And I remember taking a, I think a psychology one-on-one probably what I went to, college one of those courses that you have to take or you can't advance uh i hated it but uh i remember uh one one takeaway i had is from that is that people do things for their own reasons not yours and that's kind of profound that's smart yeah but it is deep people people don't behave according to how you want them to behave they have their own reasons for whatever it is they do even if it's a bad thing they have their own reasons on why they did it and whatever the case is, we I think we accurately can say Elon Musk has his own reasons. <clears throat> agree or not agree, it doesn't, agree right. it doesn't really matter. He has his own reasons for doing what he's doing. So far, those reasons, as far as Twitter is concerned, are lining up with what we have tried to accomplish with Citizens for Free Speech. The only exactly. problem is we didn't have $44 billion. <laughs> A slight little inconvenience small, there. Yeah. A small problem. Small problem. <laughs> No, I, I completely agree. And that's why, like I said, I, I think he's being genuine and I think he's being sincere yeah. when he says, this is the reason I bought it. I'm really trying to help humanity. And I think he is, and I think it's doing that. So Patrick, in the time we've got left here, um, and we're talking about 2022 year in review, um, I, I think that one of the other huge stories as it pertains to the First Amendment that we covered, we spent a lot of time discussing and promoting and uh, and so forth, um, is 
the right for parents to be heard when it comes to their children's education and the right for parents and children and really everybody yes. to not be forced, compelled to use speech that they choose not to use. Um, there have been Supreme Court decisions that have come down. There have been other very important appellate courts that have come down with respect to forcing people to say things that they don't agree with, that they may be in contradiction with their religion or maybe just their own consciences. Um, and and these are some very positive outcomes where judges and juries have said, no, you can't make the person yes. make the cake. And that's always the standby. That's an old one, of course, the Jack yeah. Phillips case. Yeah. But, you know, regardless of what the case is, we talked about the uh, 303 creative, Lori Smith being forced to create a website mm -hmm. for a, a wedding style of wedding that she didn't agree with. And she fought very, very hard. And that case is, is before the courts. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a huge part of this, as was forcing kids and sometimes staff mm -hmm. to refer to people by words that just didn't line up. Refer to boys as girls, girls as boys, changing pronouns, changing names, uh, changing species, saying that you have to call somebody who identifies as a cat by a cat name. All of these weird and strange social constructs that we have been dealing with over the course of the year 2022. Um, that's been one of the other big stories, the push back against forced and compelled speech, and then the right for parents to step in and say, I have a say in what's going on and what kinds of things that are being taught to, or my kids are being forced to read, repeat, support, and so on and so forth. Um, there is a very serious challenge to the right of rights of people to say what they want to say yes. and not be forced to say what they don't want to say that we've really uh, just kind of scratched the surface of, I think, in 2022. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I think we probably ought to pivot a little bit, look forward into 2023 and kind of, you know, well, we know it's going to be a continuation of the same, but if, if 2022 hasn't shown you anything, it's that there is a war against free speech going on. If, if nobody ever saw that before 2022 or didn't believe us now, it should be immediately self-evident that there is a war on free speech mostly being conducted. We could list some of the perpetrators. We've got, you know, people, companies like, you know, the big pharma industry, the biotech industry. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we can certainly look to our own federal administration. Now we can look to employees and, and, you know, individuals within the Facebooks of the world and Twitter, which is getting its house clean right now. <clears throat> but if nothing else dawned on you in 2022, we're at war. And the enemies of free speech aim to crush free speech, crush it. This is not just, oh, I'm going to slap you around a little bit and, you know, <clears throat> you know, wash your mouth out with soap because I don't like what you said. No, it's not like that. This is an evil movement, vindictive, uh, mean-spirited, um, capable, I might say, because they've got the resources at this point, like the government did to do what it did. Um, we're fighting for our lives, folks. Literally this next year, 2023 may well be the year that all these things are decided for a long time in the future. Could be. It's what we do with it. What we make of it now, I think now that the, the cards have been put on the table. Now the question is, what are we going to do with what we now know? And how are we going to set the ship of state aright again 
with respect to free speech. That's going to be the defining battle, I think, in 2023. And what a call to action, Bob, for everybody listening to this podcast right now. What a call to action to literally, as we call our podcast, Stand and Deliver. It's time for everyone in our country to stand and deliver right where they are to say no to crushing free speech and to start practicing free speech in a responsible manner where you live to change the policies that allowed it to get to this point in the first place. And here we are, ready to enter. Well, we got just a few days left, ready to enter 2023. I, I thought the other day when I wasn't feeling too good, I thought, man, I don't want to go into 2023. Can we just stop the world right now and I get off? <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. Of course no, we can't. Time goes uh, on. Time waits for no man. And you know what, Patrick, just to, just to cap that, uh, first of all, I can't wait for 2023 to get here because I want to yeah. slam the door on 2022, which I think is one of the worst years on record. If you look at everything that has gone on in this country from an economic standpoint, military standpoint, and many other ways, I want to start 2023 right now. I'm reminded as you talked about the battle stations and you talk about, you know, uh, who's ready to stand up and deliver and who's ready to stand up and fight. It is a war. And, um, if you just think you can sit on the sidelines and watch mm. the war happen and figure I'll adjust yeah. to whatever the outcome is, you are sorely mistaken. I'm reminded of, uh, of one of the lines in a, in a few good men, the, you know, the, the Jack mm. uh, Nicholson showdown with Tom Cruise yeah. in which he, you know, screamed, you know, you can't handle the truth. The other line there that stood to, stood out to me was, you know, I'll be darned if I'm going to sit here and listen to somebody question the the freedom, the manner in which I provide their freedom, the very blanket of freedom that they rise and they sleep under, you know, and you're going to question the manner I provided. I'd rather you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Now, Nicholson was the bad guy in that exchange. Nicholson was the evil guy who hung, you know, a couple of guys out to dry. Yeah. But the some of the things he said in his in his speech there stood out to me. And I'll say it to you right now. Pick up a rifle and stand a post. Now, we're, of course, talking about figurative rifles here as we talk about fighting the war right. for, right. for the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't willing to pick up a rifle, and that means go to citizensforfreespeech.org, join, become a volunteer, become a leader, mm -hmm. be active in local activists, be active in your community, donate, find others who can donate. Whether you can donate $5 or $50 or $500 or $5,000 to keep a member-supported organization alive that is picking up weapons and standing posts and fighting for the rights that we were gifted almost 250 years ago and, and making sure that they will still be here when we're long gone for our children and our grandchildren. That's a fight worth fighting. Don't sit on the sidelines and complain however it's going. Step up and become active in your community. Become active yep. with Citizens for Free Speech. Find mm -hmm. a way to support this organization. Find a way to support this, this First Amendment. Do it in your community and do it now. Pick up a weapon and stand a post with us. That's the only way we win this war. Amen. And uh, I think that's just we just should just stop with that. that. That's the call to action for the ages and certainly for 2023. If you're not involved, if you're not involved, you become part of the problem. <clears throat> and Amen. we have a little sticker, by the way, I think it, we threw most of them away because it was so, so hard to peel the backing off of it. People just got mad. They, you know, break their fingernails and stuff, but it said silence is consent. And honestly, there's a lot of truth to that statement. 
Amen. Your silence becomes consent to what's happening to us. Don't go there. Don't do that. Say no. I'm not going to do that anymore. If you've done it in the past, we're not going to do it anymore. My silence is not consent. That means I'm going to speak up right where I live, right where I am. If it means city council, if it means uh, education board, if it means water boards, fire boards, you name it, any place in government you can get involved to make your voice heard, you need to do it. Period. Speak That's up. Where it starts. Speak up means stand up. Stand right. up means deliver. And that's what right. we do. Exactly and this is right. the last stand and deliver of 2022. Mm -hmm. We look forward to being right back at it with a full year, 52 new episodes coming in 2023. We really appreciate you watching or listening. We appreciate, appreciate you even more. If you share, tell this to everyone, put it in your social media, let everybody listen to what we're doing and have them join us. I'm Bob France. I'm Pat Wood. God bless we'll you till next year. We'll see you next time on stand and deliver. Went away.